Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. This is a party episode. Oh, it really is. You guys, this is going to be a party. It's not going to be very long, but it's going to be really happy the whole time. This is a section that most people might not like at first glance, and it's actually super rad. Like, once you understand kind of the allusions to what it's like, it's really illusionary. Is that a word? Yeah. Like, it's like just like a lot of biblical illusion. And so you're kind of like, I don't know. You can use your imagination. Yes. You just want to use your imagination the whole time. So it's a really, really rad chapter. And it really, you guys. It has so many Old Testament allusions in it that it's like, again, we seriously are so excited for that yeah. book. And it's going to make your study of the Doctrine and Covenants in four years from now, if Jesus hasn't come back yet, um, <laughs> so much better. Because you're just going to have all of these pictures and, and stories stored up in your mind and heart. And you're just going to, it's just going to be awesome. But go ahead and get your hopes up that Jesus is going to come back before the next four years. Because that's what this section wants you to do. Uh, We love that in, where is it? Can we just read that one line that is so happy? Um, In this book that you know we love, Making Sense of the Doctrine and Covenants, um, there's this one line that I just get the biggest kick out of. It says, this chapter, Doctrine and Covenants 133, this section, announces that Christ will come soon dramatically. And I'm like, that makes me so happy. I know. And my my friend Spence always says to me, he's like, don't be so dramatic. And now I want to say, well... Jesus is. So like, I'm allowed to be dramatic. <laughs> Section because... 133 allows you to just get your hopes up. Everybody just get them way up. That's and it what allows you do. to be dramatic. That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I thought you were going to give me full permission I'm for that. I'm giving you full permission to be dramatic okay, and we're get gonna... your hopes up. Okay. So before we jump in real quick, we, ha- we, we still are getting lots and lots of emails about how do we get ready for next year? Will you help us with study? That's our number one email right stuff. now is what do we need for the... Old Testament. So we're just going to quickly run through what you need right now. And then we do actually have two really fun things coming in December. People keep saying, did you announce the surprise yet? And we did not announce the surprise. In fact, we decided we're going to announce the surprise on November 29th, everyone. Oh, okay. Yeah. I forgot. We looked at that calendar right before we started. I was like, great. You decided that. Okay. So here's the, here's the things. So you recognize learner, If you're somebody, we are very visual or like a, this kind of learner where you have to like doodle and and write and stuff like that. See it. These are things that are going to help if that's the type of learner that you are. Okay. So this is our study journal and has a page for each lesson and like uh, note pages and, and everything so that you can listen to these videos or study in the scriptures and fill things out as uh, as you go through, things you want to remember. And tell about this page. And this page is going to be so awesome um, because we're going to watch throughout the whole year the promises made to covenant Israel. And so each week you can keep track of those and then also be watching for how are they fulfilled in my life. So, Since that was the invitation from President Nelson and we want to like dive into that invitation and just embrace it. And this yeah. will give you a place to write. So, As you're doing that. So yeah, that lesson one stuff, thing. note pages, and then that bonus part of, of this journal. It's just a cool year-long study journal. And then your family loves... What, this? Oh, yeah. We love this. This is how we do our scripture study at night, because we just do one verse a night. <laughs> um, 
And, and this is just a little devotional book. So we picked one verse from almost every chapter of the Doctrine and Covenants and, and just like a little story or principle that kind of goes along with that. And um, you love it at the verse. bottom. Which son of it was yours that asked for a challenge every day? I can't, uh, oh. I can't remember if it was Christian or Jack. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I forgot. And but, they were like, could you just give me a challenge every day to think about? Yeah. <laughs> we were like, sure. Sure. So there's like a little question or challenge at the end. So there's like a daily read around the kitchen table or a nighttime for scripture study or just by yourself, by your bedside. Yes. Just before you go to bed, you and can then read my a little favorite, devotional. Am I going to do my favorite right now? Yeah, no, what is next. your favorite? Well, I do this? love those too. Okay, but this is your favorite. I really I do. I love these so much. So this is also for simplifying your study. I like to just have up a reminder somewhere that I can look at all day through the week. So we're going to choose. This is the Doctrine and Covenants one. The other ones are coming like in a week. And we there's one word that we just went through and picked our favorite word from that lesson the verse that it comes out of. And then next year, we'll be teaching you the Hebrew word for that one word and the definition. And we will talk way more about that as we dive into that um, next year. So yeah. if you just want a reminder, it also tells you what we're studying that week. If you need something that just pops up and you're like, oh, this is where we are, which will be super helpful next year because the Old Testament is so big. We don't necessarily, we go in order, but we don't study every chapter. And so a reminder of what's coming next is going to be so helpful just to keep you where you're meant to be. Yeah. And then, of course, um, Becky's stickers that she draws for us yeah. that go along that you can put in your wide margin scriptures or, or this cute in our lady journal. showed in the journal. Yes, <laughs> that's what my mom does too. Yeah, puts them just in the journal to like help do that. Jenny has two sets, one for scripture, one for journal. We just met this girl last night at Elle's cheer competition and she was talking about, oh my gosh, please say you're having stickers for every year. <laughs> Becky, I just sealed you in for <laughs> all the years, just so you know. Yeah, um, we love so those. So these are, these are super rad. They look like this. And they just go along with the lesson that we teach in, in the chapters that you're in. Okay, so hopefully that answers for everybody who's looking forward to. And we, that's kind of everything we've done. That's yeah. what we did this year too. You guys, we couldn't resist doing just a couple other things. Our biggest give this year is going to be free, and you guys are going to love it, November 29th. And then there's a little something that is going to go with that that you can actually put right in your scriptures um, to help you keep track of that. So, And we will introduce you to those November 29th. Yeah. I am so excited. It's fun. It's fun to wrap up this year and to look yeah. forward to next year and really like, oh, this is a book that so many people are unfamiliar with and uncomfortable with. And we want to simplify it. And we want to make it enjoyable. And we want to make it relatable. So we've tried to create different things that are going to help and, and help you to teach this to um, your whoever families you or whoever yeah. you're teaching or something like that. So yeah. that's really what we we're hoping all of these do. We just want you to fall in love with the Old Testament by the time we are done. That mm -hmm. is our only goal for next year is that you are going to walk away at the end and just think, this might be my favorite book. Oh, okay. okay, now the Doctrine and Covenants, which is your favorite book right now, maybe. <laughs> like, I feel like bad talking about the Old Testament in front of the Doctrine and Covenants. Like, she's feeling really jealous that we're really talking about this. But again, th there's so much of this illusion that's, that's in this chapter that kind of go back to the Old Testament. It has a lot of, like, apocalyptic language. Um, apocalyptic language is kind of like a symbolic way of talking about the second coming and the end scene of, of everything. 
Um, it's, it's, it's the same kind of language that John the Revelator uses in the book of Revelation. So you're going to find a lot of like and do you those hook these ties and together for us right oh, now? Cause I, that'd be so fun. For sure. So section one of the doctrine. Okay. So here's where section 133 <laughs> comes so from. I'm so excited. Where should we even go? <laughs> section 133 is out of order chronologically. It gets put in, you know, at the end there as an appendix. And then when the Doctrine and Covenants got thicker, the appendix kept moving back, right? But remember, they were going to print all these copies of the Doctrine and Covenants, and the Lord wrote the prologue. What do you call that? The first one? The preface? Yeah, the oh. prologue, I think, comes at the end. <laughs> the preface at Maybe the beginning. Maybe this is the prologue. Which is section one, right? Section 133 kind of follows the same type of language of section one. Section one's very big picture. Um, big, big ideas about this is everything that's kind of going on. This is why we wrote, this is why we're receiving these revelations and writing them down because we are a part of this really big um, battle between good and evil, Zion and Babylon. It's just like big. 133, which was received around the same exact time. Yeah, two follows, days later. Yeah, follows that same um, kind of thinking and talking, but intense. Like it becomes almost, and, it, and it, it's an appendix because that one is kind of like, oh, this is what we're a part of. And at the end, 133, it's sort of like, this is what you should have picked up on throughout the book. Well, this is why we also, wrote it. And it's like, and this is what you have to look forward to. Like that's my favorite part of 133 is something big is coming yeah. right now. And it just, it you can get your hopes up because there's really good things ahead. And, and that kind of concept that like you're involved in something really yes. big and, and um, that it's cool. Like don't get caught up in like the mundane of, of life and zoom out sometimes and realize this big stuff that, that you're a part of. We're not going to jump into a ton of the language. We don't have time, the apocalyptic language. But remember last year, we did that masterclass on the book of Revelation. If you are interested in studying more about that, um, I don't know where they can find the link to that. I'll put the link in, <laughs> in the, the newsletter. newsletter. Okay, put in the newsletter or on our website. It's on there. If you're interested in kind of taking that little course, that additional little class about the book of Revelation, that will help. Um, with this. One thing that you probably know about us by now is we are two people who like can't wait for the second coming to come. So when we start reading chapters like 133, we just get so excited about like, should it come tomorrow? You know? Yeah. And we talked, I can't even remember what section, but when I had been talking with a group about, should we just live as if mm. it is tomorrow? And this section makes you want to live as if, and I love just how it starts. It says this, hearken, O ye people of my church, right? He's like, everybody, listen, listen up, up, listen up. Say it the Lord your God and hear the word of the Lord concerning you. And then he's going to introduce himself like he often does in the Doctrine and Covenants. And this is his introduction. The Lord who shall suddenly come to his temple. And I love that he's just like, I'm about to come, everybody. So listen up because... This is this is kind of how it's going to go. This is what's about to happen in front of you. And I just love the thought of that. Like, he is coming. He he really is going to come yeah. again. Yeah. And, and I just love that he's like, let me remind you who I am. I'm the one who's going to suddenly come. Let me tell you how to get ready for that moment. And I, once again, like that language comes from the book of Malachi, the one who will suddenly come to his temple. And what is happening here, this language really brings together all previous dispensations into one. And 
the fact that it keeps going back to Old Testament stuff is like, this has been in the works for a long time and this is it. This is the ninth inning and, and we're really close. And who loves P.S. that it's suddenly? Sometimes that I might know, scare me. somebody, but I think it's like surprise party-esque. Yeah. Whenever I read it, he's yes. like, I'm just going to come really quick. And you're like, yay, because <laughs> we actually wait. want you to. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe so, today. Yeah. Come on. Um, so he says this in verse four, prepare ye, prepare ye my people. And he starts to talk and, and we have that little tent on your um, whatever, because there's about to be tent language in a second, mm-hmm. where he just kind of says like, and you can put under there some of the things that he says specifically we could do to prepare for this, right? Um, sanctify yourselves. You can gather together, both those in verse four. Um, verse five, get out of Babylon, Right there is that you get out of of those things that you don't want to be a part of that. It's not nearly as good as as what's coming. Be clean. Call your solemn assemblies. Verse six. I love this in verse six. And speak often one to another mm. about these things. Encourage each other. Remind each other um, of all of all of these things. So what he's saying here is is essentially the language that you find in the New Testament. Also, just be ready. The more ready you are for this, the more you're going to enjoy the experience. And and so that, that, like it's not a threat to prepare. It's like, oh, if you have the right clothes, if you have the right attitude, you're really going to love this so much more if you're ready for yeah, it. Yeah, I love it so much because it makes me think of my dad, one of my favorite things about my dad. My dad loves to travel more than anyone I know. He loves to And he particularly likes to travel with his grandchildren. That's what he likes to do. And so often he will say to them, present me the idea for a trip and I will review all the ideas and I will choose one and then we will go. And everyone presents like the craziest things. I mean, sometimes they're really easy. Like they just want to float down the Provo River and stay overnight. Um, And one time someone presented sleeping in those tree houses in Seattle or wherever they yeah, are. Yeah. And what happens is after you present the trip and he reviews them, then he chooses where you're going to go. And then he sends out a letter to all of the grandkids who are coming on that trip. And that your instructions are to prepare for the trip. And everybody has one part of the trip that is theirs. Like they are the travel guide in that moment. We went to Washington, D.C. several years ago. And each of the kids got a different museum. And so when we all get there, that person is the, like the, it's their day. They tell you where we're going to eat. They tell you what's happening in the museum. They've studied the museum. They've prepared for all of what we want to look for there, what we're going to do. And it, and it happens everywhere we go. You're, you're just in charge of your day. But the preparing before the trip is almost as fun as the trip. Mm. And where you talk about, um, speak often one to another, that is seriously what happens. Mm. Cause everyone's mm. like, what's your day? What are we going to do? And what's your day? And, and what is this? And people start talking about you and you're going to need to bring this and you might need this. And like, we speak so much about the trip before we even get on the trip. And then because we have prepared, just like you're talking about when you get there, I mean, everyone just eats it up because mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, this is the day you've been talking about. And you've been talking about it for how long? And I love that that is what's going to happen in this chapter. We're going to show you a couple places where he's like, you can look forward to this happening. Oh, and you could look forward to this on this day. And you can look forward to this. And I love that we're going to get there. 
And we're going to all of a sudden start seeing all that stuff happening. And we're going to be like, this this is it. Like this is exactly what he was talking about. I see it happening. And the preparation is just going to make it sweeter. And you really could just go on the trip. You know, you yeah. could have just dropped into Washington, D.C., but then you would have gotten back and I was like, oh, did you get to see do this? Did you get to see that? And you're like, no, no, because I did, you know. I didn't know. You could still enjoy it, but he's just saying, like, I really want you to enjoy this experience and to be a part of the entire thing. So yeah, I prepare just love ye, it prepare so much. ye for that. And the imagery that he gives in verse 9, this is where we get the, the tent, and he says, um, "Go." so go out to every nation and islands of the sea and call upon everybody to come. Um, because I want, in verse 9, the borders of my people to be enlarged. And I want those stakes to be strengthened so that Zion can go forth into all the regions round about. And let's just talk about that for a minute, because this is probably one of my favorite verses of Scripture. We see it in Isaiah. We're going to talk about it again in the Old Testament. It's an Isaiah illusion. Yep, yeah. Yep. You're going to see it everywhere. But I'm, I just want you to think, how many of you have been camping or have put up a tent? In your backyard or have ever had that experience. Can you ask that question? Yeah. I almost raised my stopped. I felt like I was in your class okay. and you're like, who's been camping? Okay. I was like, I, oh, yeah. We do, we go. Yeah. Um so you know when you put up a tent that you have a tent stake, and depending on how big your tent is, I mean you might have this. One, you know, you just stick I have it the in. the one, one down from that. The plastic, like the plastic. one is <laughs> so hard to put in yeah. and you bend breaks. it. Yeah. yeah. Or you might like have gone and gotten the one size bigger, right? For this tent. And those of you who are good at putting tents you, in your mind, you're like, oh, this is like a two man. This is like an eight man, you know, whatever. But you can get like bigger tent stakes, right? Um, that you would use to put in a tent that needed more, um, more protection from wind or that is just big enough that it it would require like a stake, right? Which it talks about. You're going to need a stake. And I love when he says that because he's like, let me help you picture how big this tent is that I'm talking about. And that's going to actually be important in order to understand this chapter. The fact that he wants us to know about the stake helps us want to know about the size of the tent. People in the Old Testament would have known because remember like when they put up the tabernacle, oh, if he's talking about stakes and cords and stuff like that, he's talking about a big tent. My husband actually works for an event company. That's what he does. He helps run a big event um, company and they put up the big party tents. And so if he comes to your house, he's gonna bring this is the stake. I don't even know how if you're gonna be able to see the whole thing. I know how should can you go? You? Should you go should look I, on yeah. the video and see? Yeah. Can they see it? Am I am I showing them? Lift up the bottom more. There now okay. it's in. It's okay, fully in. So this is a I'll tent come stake. And get speared by it. Okay, be careful. <laughs> this is a tent stake. This will put up those big like festival tents or those carnival tents mm. that you see, and then they will actually put cords around these that will hold those. Tents down, no matter what should happen, right? To, to give you a refuge from sun or from storms or from whatever. When I read this chapter, this is the type of stake I imagine every time. Because what the party God is about to plan is so big, right? That like, 
No matter what. I thought you called him the party god. And I was like, I'm so excited about <laughs> the party that, Emily. That God is about mm. to plan is is gonna need a really big tent. Yeah. That's what he's trying to help us see. And it just made me think, like we use that phrase almost as like a term of preparation, like strengthen your stakes or whatever. Yeah. And the the reason is is like, oh, the stronger we can be as a people, the bigger that tent can, can grow and be, yes. right? That like would... he's planning on a lot of people. That is the image that should come to your mind. He's not talking about this small group. Two-man tent. Yeah, yeah, no. He's talking about, let's get as many people in here as we and can. And you see that language. All Go to the nations. Go to the islands. Go to all of the people in verse 9. I want Zion to reach all the regions roundabout everywhere that, that we go. And so it's get ready for something big. And then the then he starts talking in the next verse with this line, go and say, awake and arise and go forth to meet the bridegroom. And that's language that you probably recognize from the New Testament, where he just says, and the event that's going to happen is actually a wedding. And, and everybody's invited. Yes, don't you love yes. that? He's and like, it's a you really don't have to be like one. careful about who you tell about it, because he tells you right here. Oh, oh, yeah, everybody's invited. Yeah, go ahead and post about this. People won't feel bad because they have an invitation. Yes. You know, like you yeah. should bring everybody to it. And and sometimes we talk about him coming again in, in, in ways that are like scary or threatening or something like that. And he's like, no, something really big and everyone's invited and it's actually a wedding. It has chocolate <laughs> fountains. It has Chick-fil-A sauce fountains. That's what my, <laughs> my really? cousin had at hers. Yeah. Oh my gosh, All the nuggets so with fun. Chick-fil-A fountains and stuff like that. And he's like, and they're Jewish. It's a Jewish wedding. They're much bigger and funner <laughs> than most. And so they knew. Be dancing and it's going to be outside. It feels like you so, just love so So the much. language when he's like, go out from Babylon, he's just like, that will not last. It will not be like, you don't want to be at that party. You want to be at this one. So flee from that one. Run from that one and, and come to this. And it's really celebratory, anticipatory, and happy inclusive. language. Yeah, yes. you're going to see a lot of inclusionary language. Like, it'd be fun to just go to 18, but is there anything you want to grab before we get to 18? No, I, I think that's great. Um, this is a question we get asked a lot, and it's one that we covered in detail in our second coming class. So if you did that already, you know. But a lot of times people will say to us, what is the 144,000 when it says, when the lamb shall stand upon Mount Zion and with him 144,000? And in your mind, you're like, well, that doesn't feel inclusive. That doesn't like, that's not very many people, 144,000. And, and now it feels like maybe there's only this little select group that was chosen for this moment. And we love to remind people that when you are reading in the book of Revelation, you are going to want to think in figurative language and symbolic language. Um, there's a lot of language in there that is just clues for, let me teach you what to think here. And um, it helps if you know symbolism, Hebrew symbolism, particularly for numbers. So the number 12 represents priesthood. And anytime you times a number together or you do something in quantities of 12, that would help you understand it's just more of the priesthood. If you were to take 12 times 12, you would get... 144. You did so good. Yeah, <laughs> it really is like I'm the teacher. Yeah. <laughs> 144. And then anytime you add a thousand onto something, it symbolizes the thought of all. So in essence, what this is saying is not 144,000 individuals. 
it's saying he's going to welcome in all the priesthood family of the Lord. That is what's going to come. The ones who have been sealed in their forehead or having his father's name written on their foreheads. So what you hear is this priesthood covenant language of um, that. He's just coming back to welcome in those who have become prepared through the priesthood and through covenant making. And that is all right. He's like anyone who wants to do that. And he's going to say that a little bit later in here, like go out, gather as many as you can. And will you please tell them what they're going to find under this tent is the power of the priesthood and the blessings of the covenant. Will you just let as many people as you can know that's what they're going to find in the tent. And anybody who wants that can come and be part of that. Yeah. And, and then it keeps going on and he starts using this kind of language. He's going to come and he'll stand on that Mount Zion. Oh, I just, we just read that one. 20. I meant to be in verse 20. <laughs> I was like, well, he's back on that mountain. <laughs> um, he'll stand. Oh, that's why. Because he's going to stand on the Mount of Olivet and, and one foot upon the mighty ocean, even the great deep and the other on the islands of the sea. It's just giving you this imagery. It's just like that he is a, among all people. And a really, really wide stance, a really, really welcoming opening. And he's going to speak and his voice shall be heard among all people. And it's going to be a really loud voice that's going to just inviting and bringing in everybody who's there. And the language in here, we have this thing that says become one because the call is out to, to all the islands, all the places and everything. But then it just says this, and he'll command the great deep. And it's, this is verse 23 that it shall be driven back. Oh, P.S., I forgot this part, which is awesome. In 22, he's like, all the mountains will be flattened. All the valleys will be raised up. You know, he's just like, everybody's going to have an equal footing here, an opportunity. And he just says, um, and the islands will become one land again. And the land of Jerusalem and Zion will turn back to their own place. And the earth shall be like it was in the days before it was divided. Um, which is a really powerful verse, I think, right now for us. Mm, I that do it was too. just like it, it will go back to what it was like before it was so divisive and split up. Yeah. Like because everything's he uses, being brought. Like land imagery. Right. But in our time you're like, oh, but what about like social and cultural and all of these divides? And you just love it. He's like, this is what's gonna happen. You will become one like you were before all the divisions. And, and I like the vibe of these words is like, just like, we're going to go back to those good old days, mm. you know, of Eden, <laughs> you know, yes. like we're just, it's all going to come back. It's, it, um, it's, it's restor restorative talk. Mm. It's like, this is like, it's a restorative work that's happening. That's end game yeah. to bring all people back together uh, under this tent. And I love, I had a friend text me yesterday and she was like, what's the difference between being called and chosen? She wanted to know. And we kind of started talking about it. And she was like, like, do you have to like, do you have to ha have a call or like, what does that look like? And we went into um, the one section that we love about where he hastens his work. And I think it's 88, 88. where he talks about um, that you will be prepared for the mission whereunto I have called you and that all missions don't necessarily come in a envelope, a white envelope in the mail, Right that sometimes the Lord gives us missions according to our season and our talents and our capacity at that time. And, and she said, um, how do I know if I'm chosen? Because I really want to be chosen. And just the spirit immediately 
in my mind came in and said, the fact that you want to be chosen already shows that you are. And don't you mm. think that's it? If you want to be chosen, that's all he's, that's like what he's saying here. Yeah. Do you want in? Do you want to come? Um, you know, what does chosen look like? It's it just, if you would like to be chosen, then you come. Come yeah, in. And it's the called and chosen or that idea of like the call goes to all, but the chosen people choose for themselves. Yes. And that's what I loved. Right? And she was like, I want to, like, I want to be chosen. And I just like, oh, texted back and I was then like, you then you are. already are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's that idea of like, I'm inviting everybody, but you get your agency in whether you want to come and be a part of this, you know, or not. Um, then there's this language that's really cool that's 10 tribe language starting mm -hmm. in 26 when he's like, I'm going to bring in all these people. And then he specifically starts talking about these people who are in the north countries. And that idea of north in ancient Israel, their enemies were in the northern countries, right? And so when they were taken off as slaves and, and pulled away from Zion, pulled away from covenant relationship, pulled away, it was always up into the north countries. So it's this... North countries is this imagery for like the scattered and those who have forgotten and those who don't know anymore. Mm. And so he's specifically talking, you know, all people, but let's talk specifically about those in the North countries. And you love when he wants to start talking about these 10 tribes um, and, and we'll read and we are going to dive into this when we get into the Old Testament. We will spend so much time learning about these 10 tribes who were lost. And I just love the fact that he's like, listen, if you are lost, I will go out of my way to find you. I, I received the most beautiful gift about a month ago from this darling woman who is just a, in my group of friends. And on the bracelet, it has what represents what will be the new Jerusalem, all just in one place. And it has a stone for every tribe and in between every tribe, a pearl, because that's how there's going to the be gates. these gates yeah. and these, um, it just describes what that coming together again will look like. And the 10 tribes is probably one of my most favorite gospel topics. It's something that I love to study and just think about. And when you think about when the Lord is like, get your hopes up because all these people are going to come back. Like I really love to think about that thought of everyone, even the scattered, even the lost, you know, whoever it is coming back. And, and if you lived in their day, the time when they were scattered, like yes. you honestly would have thought they're, they're goners forgotten. and they're forgotten and there's no hope for any of those people. Yeah. And you love that he just keeps talking about them. Right. Like he keeps it's wanting like, to be like, don't forget. Those. And I wear this almost daily just as a reminder of what is coming, like what is going to come one day. And, and when you read this, there's a couple words we just want you to take note of. It's going to start in verse 26, those who are in the North countries, right? It's those who have been scattered, scattered or lost, or you think are forgotten. They're going to come in remembrance before the Lord, right? He's going to remember them. He, he's not going to forget that they, for whatever reason, had left this big group and their prophets will hear his voice. And then he says this, I don't care what it is that would make it so they couldn't come be part of what we're about to do. If there's rocks in the way, I will smite the rocks. If there's ice in the way, I will melt the ice and it will flow down. If I need to create an entire highway 
in the midst of the great deep, right? All of us are like, <laughs> you can't do that. But he's like, no, then that is what I will do to get them back here. If there's enemies that will not let them come back to this tent, I will smite the enemy. I don't care what it is. I will get through that thing in order to get them back. And then I love that he's like, and if they're barren, if their life is like a desert, I will make pools of living water wherever they are parched. They're not going to be thirsty. That won't be a thirsty land for them anymore. Um, but I just love when he's like, let me show you what this is going to look like. I am going to reclaim every single person I can. I don't care if they're lost, scattered, forgotten. I will make a way for them to get back to this. And I just, I love the thought of that kind of a heart and the healing, right? He's like, not only will I deliver and rescue and whatever I have to do to get to them, but then I will heal whatever is parched or barren, whatever they missed out on for that time, I will heal that. I will make that living in them again. And I, I just love believing in a God who would say to me when I'm worried about someone in particular mm. who's lost or forgotten or, or broken, for him to come in and, and say to me, I'll, I'll, I'll move mountains. I'll, I'll, I'll make highways. Like I will make a way for them to be able to return yes. and, and be reclaimed. And, and this is so sweet to me. I love mm. this verse in 30. And it says, and when they finally come, they're going to bring their rich treasures with them, uh, and they're and and they're gonna, that's what they're going to bring to the tent. <laughs> like it's a potluck, <laughs> actually, and um, and they're going to bring their rich treasure treasures when they get there, and they'll fall down in verse thirty-two and be crowned with glory, even in Zion, by the hands of the servants of the Lord. And those who are in the tent are going to like crown them and bless them with right? their treasures. Yeah, because what's under the tent? Priesthood power. Right. And um covenant language, covenant promises, covenant blessings. They're like, do you bring your treasures? And then they're like, here, and let us give you ours, right? It's just that thought of just so much giving. And a lot of the language in here you'll read is what we talked about last time, fullness and all, right? Everything that is the fathers. You just love all of that language. Yeah. And then in 33, it starts saying, and then they'll be filled with songs of joy. And he says in 34, this is the blessing of the everlasting God upon the tribes of Israel all of, for all people. These are the, the blessings of exaltation and of power, of his presence, of promises that I've been trying to give to all mm. people. And, and, it's, and it's the work that's, that's happening. And, and, and he has this language in 54 through 56, which is, and every dispensation has been a part of this. This is why I've called prophets in every previous dispensation, to invite people to the tent, invite people to the party. It's, and, and you have the baton right now, mm -hmm. is kind of what he says, yep. to you know, to, to be a part of that. And we love that right here in the middle in 45 through 53, um, it starts with this question in 45, because in a minute, it's going to tell you who gets to come to the tent and all the tribes are going to come. But it's like, why do you even want to be in that tent? And the cream puffs are good. And, and the, that Chick-fil-A fountain is going to be so good. But the, the reason you really want to come to the tent is because he will be there. Um, in that tent. And we put a little square that just says, my Jesus. And that's 
what you are looking for yeah. when you get there. Because I love this question where it just says um, in verse 46, who is this that comes down from God in heaven? Like, who is this that's coming? Who is this that's directing this? Who is this that's, you know, being a part of, of this? And, and the language in those verses gets a little bit where you're like, oh, no, he's like, um, he's dyed in red and stuff like that. And yeah, it's a little it's bit. It's very much um, that atonement imagery that yeah. you're going to see there. And, and you want to be thinking of saving and delivering and rescue. But right. there are a couple of verses in there that you're like, I, I want to know him. Better. Right. Like 44 and 45, when you come after those mountains shall flow down, you will meet him. I love this part. You will meet him who rejoices. Like I'm like, oh, who does it? He'll be the one laughing in the middle of all of it and just, you know, welcoming you people in. in. And I love 52. Wait, don't go there yet. Oh, you can't, okay. you can't go there yet. Um, he, he rejoices and he works righteousness. And you love this one line, because remember we talked about this, the highways and the other. He, the one who remembers you in your ways, in the places where, the one who mm. meets you where you are, as you are. Don't get excited yet, because 45 is one of your favorite verses you forgot. For since the beginning of the world, have not men heard nor perceived by the ear, neither hath any eye seen, O God, besides thee. Here's your best line. How great things thou hast prepared for him that is waiting for you. Mm. I mean, don't you love, this is who you're looking for. The one who is rejoicing. The one who knew exactly where you are and made sure you could get there. The one who just works good things for you, who has so much good that it's like great things, which is one of my favorite things to study in scripture. Those two words together. If you are bored one time, <laughs> You just look up those two words, great things, do a scripture search, and you will learn more about the character of God um, than I think any other study. But I love when it, he's like, no one even knows, like people can't even begin to understand how great things you have prepared for the people who are waiting for you to come. Like, what? what is that? Yeah. What are those great things that we can't even like imagine? Yeah, it's like you have no clue. It's going to be way and better than like, the Chick-fil-A I... Yeah, yes. because I have such a good imagination. So when he's like, Mm-mm, it has never even entered into your mind. And I'm like, want to bet? I have thought of such awesome things that like, and he's like, it's Just even beyond that. And I like that idea that we talk about, like, how do I prepare for this moment? But to talk for another minute about, but what has God prepared for that mm. moment for you? And that's, and that's so just, good. it's so neat to see. And mm. so many cool phrases. And now, am I allowed to do my yes, one that yes, I love, we so, love much? so much? Yeah. Too. yeah. So many in there, but here's just one little hint. And, and I, I like this that under that tent, it says, and they will mention the loving kindness of their Lord and all that he's bestowed upon them according to his goodness and according to his loving kindness forever and ever. And just how, how neat that is. Remember, we kept track of like tender mercies in the mm. Book of Mormon yes, journal and I how cool it was that. at the end to look back at that. And it's like, oh, at the end of all of this, the conversations that people will have are of, of how good he was to them and, and his in his loving kindness and in all their afflictions, he was also afflicted. I know. I love that. When you were hurt, he hurt. Yeah. Oh, I just love that. And and the angel of his presence was there with you yeah. in that moment. But what in about... In his love, in his pity, yeah. he redeemed them. He carried them. Yes. Like, oh. I was going to say, what about that? What about that? When he's like, here, let me carry you through this part. And you just, 52 and 53, I just wrote grace next to mine. Mm. I'm like, this is the definition 
of grace right here, 52 and 53. This is like what it looks like. Um, and who's and this is who's leading the charge. Yes. Right? In, in all of this. And then, so then there's these two last boxes that we want to cover here. Um, we called one the errand of the restoration or maybe even the errand of the gathered. That's what I wrote on the board because I kind of thought, okay, all these previous dispensations have been doing this. Now it's your turn. And, and I love that line that shows up twice in those verses, 57 through 60. He says, for this cause, that men and women might be partakers of the glories which have been revealed the Lord sent forth the fullness of the gospel and his everlasting covenant in plainness and simplicity. Um, for this cause, in verse 60, were these revelations given. Oh, and make sure you take 58 and 59 because this is one of the things that I love. In our house, um, because everyone lives with me, so sometimes I'm like, oh, everybody, we ought to talk about like the great things, right? I'm, I'm like, let's go everywhere and look about this or let's talk about the book of Revelation, or let's talk about, I love scripture. And so sometimes I'm like, could we just dive in? And I have a couple of my kids who are so good at saying, um, both Megan and Garrett, what I love the most about the gospel is its plainness and its simplicity. And they'll both say to me, mom, you know, what I love the most is how simple the gospel is. And it is this. And when both of them bear their testimony of the simplicity of the gospel, I'm like, oh, I just love that at the end of the day, what it comes back to is so simple, right? It's love God and love people. It's the sacrament being a part of your rhythm of your life every single week. That's what Garrett will say. I just need the sacrament every week. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ in my life. And I love when he's like, listen, this, this is the gospel is plain and it's simple because I want it to work for everyone. I love when he's like to prepare the weak for those things mm. which are coming because so often we're like, well, what if I'm the weak one? Like sometimes I'll, we'll talk about the second coming and people are like, I don't want you to talk about that because it scares me because I don't think I'm ready. And I love that he's like, oh no, no, Ev everyone. It's okay. If you don't feel like you're like in your best right now, I'm actually talking to those who who feel weak in this right now. That's who I'm coming for. And, and, and also for those who are like, well, I'd like to be a part of all that. Yeah. It seems really neat to be a part of all that, but I can't, I'm not qualified. Yeah, or, or I don't know if I'm, I'm not, strong enough, or I don't know if I'm perfect enough. And I and love that and in 59, that. Yeah, yeah. when he's like, listen, by the weak things of the earth, the Lord will thrash the nations by the power of his spirit. And you look back over scripture and who is his favorite always, you know, is, it's going to be the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be the one. It's like if you're someone who always cheers for the underdog, mm -hmm. right? That that team, that's that's generally who the Lord is like, oh, let's see, I'll pick and... you. And I love this one thought too in 58, the Lord's errand. I just think um, I, I want to be that person. I, I want to be the one when he looks down and he's like, who could run an errand for me? Mm -hmm. But I want to be like, I will do it. Uh, whatever it is, I want to do that. Errand. Yeah, and, and that's and that's what he says to everybody. He's like, that's why I gave all these revelations, is is to call you to that great work and to remind you of of the big thing that you are actually okay. a part of, you know? And that you can be a part of it. And 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 this is it's fantastic and, and it's why I gave you gave you all of these things that and are. And I here. love when you said, just as you think about that errand, right? I, I want to be on the Lord's errand. Well, what would he say to you? Go get as many as you can. Right. 
I just love the thought of that where he's like, just, just go get as many as you can, as many as you can bring in. And you think when you're planning a party, right? And someone gives you, I think we could do 50, right? I think, I think we could have 50 at the party or you'll usually have that. How many invitations can we send out? You can send mm. out this many invitations. And I love that. What's the Lord's invitation? Everybody. Just go get as many as yeah. you can. <laughs> Whatever you think you can do, they can come. And who wants to come to that party? Yeah. And what if you came back and he's like, ah, oh, there's a mountain in the way. Don't worry. I'm going to move it. <laughs> there's ice in the way. I'm going to melt it. Yeah. You know, I can't get a, to them. They're, they're so far away. And there's this great obstacle in the A little path. bridge. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. And I'm going to, it's just, it's so sweet. It's so awesome. And, and also to think like, Again, this part about who's at the helm of all this, who's directing this, is this Jesus that, that we talked about. And this is big. It's big, big language. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool that section 134 comes right after it. It didn't chronologically, but it's cool that it's there because like, you look at that and you're like, the king of kings is coming. <laughs> the kingdom of God. There's going to be kingdom takeover of this world. The tent is going to fill the whole earth. Zion is, you know, and you're kind of like, whoa. And then 134 is the section right after where it's like, in the meantime. Yeah. What should we do until then? In the meantime, um, listen to your government leaders. (laughs) Don't, right? This is what, it's kind of a section about in the meantime. And I love that he's like, practice. In the meantime, practice, right? He tells us in verse three, live in equity and justice. Um, That I love when he says this, there's going to be laws. You need to learn to live laws because there needs to be respect and deference. If there wasn't, there would not be peace and harmony. And I love that he's kind of like, you practice, right? You practice this and do your best. And we're we're actually not doing very good at it right now. (laughs) But I love that he's like, what you're trying to have is respect and peace and harmony which I would not use that to describe our social climate right now. But then it makes me be like, okay, how can I be better? Mm. How could I be better yeah. at this? Because I'm supposed to be practicing this right now. Yeah. Oh, this is such a rad section to study this time of year because it's the most wonderful time of the year, <laughs> you know, and it really just gives you that. Remember those old analogies, the second coming's like a test that's coming and it's going to come suddenly. And it's like, what if it was Christmas? That yeah, was coming yes. suddenly. What if it were the gifts and the celebration and the open doors and, and everything that is, is on its way? And it just, it, it, leads, it leaves anticipation so good mm. for the soul. Yes. And this time of year, it's great to like feel that and think that. Yeah. And the same way you are looking forward to and anticipating Christmas is the same way you should look forward to and anticipate the second coming. Yeah. And if you prepare for it, the party will be better. Oh, you it's know? going to be so it'll good. It'll just be great. So Maybe it'll be before the video. Oh, awesome. All right, y'all. See you next week. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.